Hello, this is Fantastic Noise. In the last episode of this run, and the last for now of our Coping Through Covid episodes, I am speaking with Neil Fern, Deputy Managing Editor of Radio X. I'm Terry Lee, Senior Tutor in Radio and Audio at the University of Bedfordshire. Thanks for your time and thanks for your ears for the last time this strange, strange year. Fantastic Noise is a podcast series about audio production, inspired by the students I work with every day. But it only works because of the support I get from the professional radio and audio industry. A massive thanks to everyone who's supported the project this year. There's a significant difference between teaching students about radio and audio and your livelihood and career being established and reliant in the successful making of this audio. I always wanted this series to bridge this gap. The recent COVID-19 pandemic has certainly put everyone in the industry on their toes. In this episode of the podcast, we explore how one of the biggest radio brands in the UK, Radio X, has tackled coronavirus restrictions. Commercial radio stations like Radio X, based at Leicester Square as part of Global, had to adapt quickly so listeners wouldn't miss out on programmes from hosts that include Chris Moyles, Johnny Vaughan and Toby Tarrant. And being commercial, they also had to consider their business models too. Like with all the conversations I've had for the series this year, during the summer I got my laptop involved and I spoke with someone who led on the response to COVID-19. I am Neil Fern. I am... Deputy Managing Editor of Radio X, so that involves working with uh, my managing editor to work on schedules, uh, show coaching, helping with the playlist, discussing commercial opportunities, strategy for the overall shape of the station and how it fits into Global, which is what Radio X belongs to. Neil also has a secondary role in the organisation. I am also executive producer on Global Podcasts. I mainly look after comedy podcasts for Global. In my past, I've produced the likes of Russell Brand, Josh Widdicombe. Naturally, Neil wasn't at Leicester Square when we spoke. Instead, he was somewhere a little more out of the way. I was going to apologise if the internet's a bit rubbish. I'm in... um, my girlfriend's pair or mum's house in very, very rural Suffolk. As the conversation was focusing on how Neil and the team had worked on making radio during lockdown, I thought it would be sensible to start by clarifying all the different roles within Radio X and how they were impacted. Radio X, predominantly, obviously, we're a programming team, so that is everything that basically happens happens on air. And then outside of that, we obviously have larger group functions. So it could be from the digital team. So we have three amazing digital editors. So Martin, Jenny and Steve will get a shout out. And then we obviously have a video team or a video editor who works across breakfast and other station things areas. We're part of kind of global larger group function of marketing, PR, engineering obviously are a huge you know the backbone if there's one thing i would always the bit of advice that i was given when i first started out in programming that i've always stuck with is if you start a new job make friends with the engineers and the reception slash security team (laughs) yes (laughs) yes that's that's good advice i think definitely Uh, the security people especially i find um, get them on side would you be able to tell us about how the digital team has been 
affected? And maybe go into what the digital team is a little bit. Well, I mean, at Radio X, we, we kind of, the, the programming team and the digital, it's very much a 360 relationship. We kind of provide them with an avenue effectively on air for the content that they produce. And similarly, so it's this really nice cycle of we use the content, directing listeners back to the website, and they, they learn more. So for Radio X, during COVID and the, and the lockdown, we discovered what worked for us was online quizzes, resurfacing of video content um, for people to enjoy but outside of that looking at new ways so radio x in terms of social media we did a thing called phone covers and it was actually an artist covering a song whilst their phone is just there you know that very much one-on-one intimate kind of nature they weren't always core playlists it was very much newer artists that we kind of have big hopes for and really enjoy as a team and, and the listeners enjoy it as well purely because i think they're keener to they're perhaps more malleable so to speak generally being younger they also have they're more kind of used to doing stuff like that is what we found but it was yeah it was just very much kind of on air and online tying a lot of the content into what the listeners would be talking about so if certain artists were talking about what it's like to be in lockdown or if they had an album planned or released that it's not kind of come to fruition numerous of the gigs and festivals for us that's our, our listenership their bread and butter their entertainment is going out to experience live music so we looked at like the impact of that spoke to artists who've been affected spoke to not just that but kind of got under the skin and promoters as well we have a big relationship a very good relationship with lots of promoters venues from radio x's own gigs across the country that we put on mm. so it was kind of reflecting not just the audience but the parts of the industry who also listen to radio x as well and again having that kind of 360 relationship across the board in terms of keeping the radio station going and as fully functional as possible during this you know recent lockdown period did the programming get massively changed or did you manage to keep it relatively consistent luckily in terms of the schedule we fortunately weren't too impacted by people going down with with covid and corona luckily there were a couple of instances where people suspected they might well, they, they showed symptoms so immediately the best thing for it's you know the radio station comes second at that point because we're all human beings and we want to take care of people so by this point when that happened various shows were already coming from home which we can get onto in a little bit mm. so it was it was literally a case of kind of saying all right well you know what forget about radio x just we'll keep checking in with you to make sure you're happy healthy if there's anything we can do to support you but in terms of on air it was a case of kind of literally redistributing a microphone to another person and they inter almost like holiday cover in a way sure. they in turn just just stepped in in terms of content yeah it did, it did change because obviously as I, as I kind of touched upon you can't necessarily reflect the lifestyle the listeners are leading. That's kind of a big thing for us. A lot of, we, we generally reflect our listeners very, very well in terms of who we have on air effectively is who we're broadcasting to. You know, it was kind of adjusting to the new normal. You kind of look at how you phrase things, looking for little bits of stories and kind of tapping into people's lives or what you introduce um, and so on and so forth. So for us, uh, Chris Moyles on The Breakfast Show. He does a thing called the Wheel of Prizes or Wheel of Crap, basically. And it's normally things that 
sit in his prize cupboard for months and he can't get rid of, so he just has them on the wheel, spins it, and someone wins a bar of soap or something like that. Sure. But we'd kind of seen, obviously, um, as a lot of people, because they were locked down, were really, really heavily into board games. So we just bought an absolute ton of board games off the internet and we're like, put them all on the board, spun it round. They went that way. So that was kind of a nice kind of using an existing mechanic of the show, but translating it to be more impactful for what people were going through effectively. And then it's an excuse. That's an excuse to get a listener or a caller on the air. So you can talk to them about their relationship if they're kind of homeschooling. You know, Chris doesn't have any kids, but Dom, who kind of co-hosts a newsreader, he does have kids. Mm. So he can obviously relate to stuff like that. Well aware people working from home. So Toby Tarrant, who does 10 till 1, follows Chris. We introduced the request hour from 10 till 11. So again, listeners getting getting them on the phone, choosing the music, giving them control of the playlist, just varying up little, little things like that. Dan O'Connell, who follows Toby, we introduced a quiz in his show for those things, for those listeners who want to play along. Johnny Vaughan, who does Drive. Well, to be honest, Johnny didn't change all that much because his <laughs> show is so kind of putting opinion, putting questions out there, putting opinions out there, and sure. it's it's one of those things. And then I guess in the evening show, we kind of had to tweak a little bit because, like I said, there's not as much new music coming out. People aren't going to gigs. So we kind of revisited sessions. We started a thing called home shows. Mm-hmm. So if people weren't able to get two gigs, then we were like, right, we'll bring the gigs into people's homes. So we contacted labels, artists, managers, delved into our own archives and bought out the kind of the big, big hitters. So play, whether it was playing out Foo Fighters live from the Etihad or... I know it's been around for years and it's available on streaming service. It's about, it's about that connected listening. We did Oasis Familiar, Familiar for Millions. Those kind, of, those kind of things, basically. It's all about how you stay true to your values, but reposition yourself to become relatable to, to what people are going through, effectively. Even down to the main ad break and then what we call a travel bump and then a second soulless break. And this break is sold separately. I don't really understand the black magic of it, but it seems to work. That little bump would say normally, uh, check in before you travel, go to radiox.co.uk. Mm. Now, if everyone's only out for a day and not allowed to go anywhere, unless you're a key worker, it's, it's really going into the minutiae of the station, the very fabric of the station and changing everything. So that changed to, if you have to travel, be safe, go to radiox.co.uk for more info. All that passes people by generally. It'd be a good program, a good team and really get to the nitty gritty in the heart of what you do and to be bang on, which as a programming team, Radio X not being biased, but we very much punch above our weight mm-hmm. in the team against what we deliver. It's those things I think are really important. It's how can you be the absolute best at every minute, every second of output that you do. You're thinking about how the station sound should be tweaked in, in mm-hmm. terms of, of, yeah, as you say, there's those little eye dents and, and things that, just changing the wording to be more yeah. appropriate. Yeah, that's that. I mean, yeah. that's really interesting that you did that. So, when when the lockdown, you know, first kicked in, Neil, what what changed in the Leicester Square offices of Radio X? Like, who was still coming into the building? Who was working from home? Uh, I presume there were some some quite significant differences. Oh, huge huge changes. I mean, I guess it was one of those things that how people knew, but I think there was there was a certain degree of foresight in you could, you could sense it was coming looking at 
the rest of Europe and the rest of the world effectively. So it, was, it wasn't a case of if it happens, it was just when it happened. So it involved a lot of, a lot of video calls, a lot of spreadsheets, a lot of, again, favours from engineering. The, the main thing was making sure presenters were broadcast ready. So even before lockdown happened, we had trial runs of presenters already being at home. And because, again, we're quite well versed in what we want and, and talking about this 360 relationship, as I said, with digital. So for us, it's not just good enough. Well, it is good enough, but it's not just good enough having an interview with an artist over the phone. What we want is a FaceTime video call that you can do in the studio because then it can, it can live. The tail on that is much longer, so it's, it's much better for someone to enjoy the interview watching it online than just hearing an audiogram or just a video still with a picture and, and all the rest of it. So we kind of had the technology in place already. It was just making sure that people's internet speeds were good enough, that room atmos was already thought about. So effectively, all these plans were put in place a couple of weeks before lockdown occurred, and we knew we'd be good and ready. And similar to that, what I did, and Matt, my mentioning editor, we also had just as a last case scenario, everyone, everyone recorded a show that could be dropped in um, at the last minute. So if it was Dan, who's on air at one o'clock, and then suddenly at 10 to one, his internet goes down, mm-hmm. we know we've got a three hour show, we can just parachute in there. Yes, we lose a lot of the interaction and the interactivity of, of that, but equally, the station doesn't suffer. Hopefully, the listener doesn't realise there's a huge change, and we, we go from there effectively. But it was uh, not stressful. It was quite adrenalising, yeah. Anyway, getting getting all these things together. But what we did find is because obviously a lot of groups were planning the same thing. Getting hold of kit was difficult. You know, we were calling suppliers in Europe. Amazon sold out of the particular mic that we we wanted everyone to have to again create that universal sound we didn't want different people to have different mics yeah so there was a set mic we wanted to use that therefore the sound of the station remained the same even if people were broadcasting from home but again we're quite honest with the audience and if if there were shows that were broadcasting from home we were saying that and it's about having that shared experience of sorry police car outside or police car going past don't worry about that (laughs) yeah sure Uh, just because that's what listeners are doing you know they're on a video call there's a Kid, kid in the background or what have you yeah no yeah. I, I get that and then Leicester Square itself it was purely broadcast critical staff so studios for social distancing if say the breakfast show which has two producers it was one producer working from home one producer in the studio everyone spaced out we would flip-flop between studios so while one studio is not in use it's getting clean from top to bottom when the other studios in there Everyone has their own personal mic muff, hand gel everywhere, one-way systems. Everything, everything that could be named was, was basically taken into account effectively, probably going above and beyond government advice because it's very weird to think about it, but we were also classed as key workers or are classed because you're providing a, a public service, which was yeah, a little strange. You kind of go, well, I'm no doctor, nurse, anything, you know, frontline hero, but your class is the same so you're like okay fair enough did you have many people in radio x who got affected by having to juggle home schooling or home learning with their kids yeah i mean i was kind of one of those people so i'm, I'm with my my daughter a couple of days a week and, and stuff like that so she yeah it was it was tricky but luckily 
you know, a lot, a lot of the people at the top of the company also have children. So mm. they kind of totally understood where you're coming from. Um, so yeah, there was, there was lots of moments of, can we reschedule this call because I've got to do this bit of homework or, you know, little people coming into video calls and then go yeah. back out again. But it was, um, it, I don't know. It just seemed to become the new normal quite quickly and quite accepting, so to speak. I don't think there was any real issues about that. Again, there was a good flexibility in terms of after a few days, suddenly there'd been some feedback that at five or thirty, six o'clock when the shop, when work finishes and you need to suddenly go to the shops or do your hour of exercise, everywhere was quite busy or you're, you know, it was quite tricky. So it was made clear that, you know what, if suddenly it suits you to go to the supermarket at quarter to 12, cause you know, it's going to be busier, just let your line manager know. So everyone became very flexible and the days did become slightly longer, mm. but in a way the payoff was they became less stressful and, and hectic, not just in work, but outside of work for, for home life as well. Do you think that some of, some of the jobs might be done, you know, remotely in, in, I guess the considerable medium to, to long term, like, like I guess for many of the roles, even as social distancing rules relax, they could now, I guess there's been proof that they could be done remotely mm-hmm. in some way. Is it likely, do you think that a lot of, of the jobs in, in Radio X will be continued to be done in, in, in a remote fashion? I can't really comment on that. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I think it has opened up. I was quite lucky in a way in that we're trusted to work from home. So if there is a day where you have a doctor's appointment or something like that, rather than having to book it as a morning off, I think you do, there'll probably be elements whereby you can kind of say, do you mind if I work at home today? Or again, being honest with with my boss, I'm like, you know what, today I'm going to work at home because I find I can just crash through my inbox or get an edit done a lot quicker without any other distractions of being in the office. But equally, being in the office, you lose some of the ability to bounce ideas off one another, the camaraderie, the stupid conversations that can spark an idea. You do lose a bit of a bit of that and, and what have you. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's been nice not getting the train into work every day and, and facing the tube, having worked in central London. But there is an element where you kind of go, it would be nice to see your colleagues again, face-to-face and what have you. But with, it, with the, what the future holds, um, I can't say. I mean, I imagine we will be going back into the office at, at some point when that is, I'm not sure. Social distancing, how many of us go back into the office as well? Because Leicester Square, where we're occupied, is a very tight building as it is for staffing levels. It's a lot of hot desking that goes on anyway. Neil, Radio X, you know, it's got lots of different stakeholders. We've talked about staff, they're an obvious one, but there are a couple of others that jump out, and, and that being the audience, and, and you've spoken a bit about the audience, but also advertisers, because both will have likely been struggling on the whole during the, the height of the lockdown. So how does and how has Radio X been looking after them, as it were? I guess in terms of commercials, commercial, it's... Everyone knows the economy took a hit and that includes kind of obviously our advertisers and therefore us. So what we found was those advertisers that were on air, some continued quite happily, some did pause. So for example, we had a sports advertiser on our sports bulletins. Sports, sport wasn't happening, so there was no point <laughs> them being on air, sure. which we totally understood. So all we did is put a pause on that campaign and then when sports started again, 
they took up the sponsorship again. In terms of, again, not many people going out in the car, so we lost some revenue from car advertisers or DRAC and stuff like that. But then as soon as lockdown was eased, weirdly, especially breakdown companies because no one's used their car for a few months, they really pushed, like they increased their advertising because there was a need for it. What we discovered was where some advertisers maybe weren't looking at radio as an option because they might have been outdoor advertisers or similar. They reevaluated their budgets and then they began to spend on radio because it was a way of them still contacting their audience. And then obviously the government, I don't know if many people know, the government's a big radio spender in terms of getting their messages out there. Of It could be anything really, but this was a key time for them to spend. So they spent not just with global, but obviously across, across the radio industry. They really kind of spent, and because again, I guess it's one of those things of you don't realise the intimacy sometimes, or you forget the intimacy of radio, but it's, it really connects and really hammers, hammers home and people were at home, so they're listening a lot longer. Whilst takeaways, Uber Eats, Just Eat, all the rest of it, they increased their spending similar to that. So it's, it's one of those things of where some stuff dropped off, other things came on board and filled the void, which we were quite fortunate about, really. Radio seemed very, very robust in what it could do. Looking at Radio X's social media, so it appears there are you know, still people social distanced in, in the studios, at least on occasion when I see videos from in the studio. But when I listen to the station, I can hear occasionally <laughs> presenters you know, have been hosting from home, and, and we've touched upon that. How have they done that? And was this technology that you had to put in place, especially in the run-up to COVID-19, you were saying that you were, you were getting ready for it. Was it something that would have happened without coronavirus? Or do you think that because of this virus on the horizon, that's what got, I guess, Radio X and Global thinking about how getting their presenters uh, presenting from home? Well, I think kind of because Radio X and Global are, are quite forward thinking anyway that most of the technology was in place it was about redistributing it and training ultimately so most of the main studios have video screens that facetime calls can be done and that is literally done via a pc that connects as you you would for your normal facetime call goes through the mic goes through the desk and you just raise the fader and it, it goes out so all all that we really had to do there was make sure if a presenter was broadcasting that way from home, that their internet was strong enough and then have uh, a producer or a tech op in the studio to raise the mic. The one thing that they couldn't do was control the playout on uh, Genesis, which is the playout system we use. So someone still had to um, basically fire the music, fire the station IDs, raise the mic to so the presenter could speak or the, the line could come through the desk. But that is a way of working that's happened quite a lot on outside broadcasts and similar. So it's, it wasn't new technology or new, new ways of working. We just had to make sure it was more robust because you were doing it across a larger amount of time than just a single show that might come from a festival or a gig or something similar. You just had to make sure it was, it was far more robust. And then using Obviously, some shows are, are kind of double headers. So it was rather than FaceTime, it was maybe using Zoom or Blue Jeans and, and video conferencing, mm. and and going from from there. So we were quite lucky, in a way. Um, and then not just radio, but on the podcasting side, it was looking at stuff like Zencaster or Cleanfeed, which are 
online ways of recording and again teaching your talent how to do that and use that and learning little tricks as you go along so as a producer you kind of even this this applies to on-air and podcasting you don't want to interrupt the flow of the conversation so i was very much like right at the start of every show we open up a shared google document so i can talk to you without interrupting you you know my whatsapp message count has gone off the roof (laughs) um those little things you kind of learn as you go along and sometimes with the again more the podcast side of it they really need that face-to-face element because it's a conversation whereas presenters it's a a radio presenter it's a conversation to the audience but they're so well versed in the audience being a picture in their mind Mm -hmm. with podcasting because they're not traditionally audio hosts it's or my ones are a lot of comedians and stuff and they're used to having that face-to-face connection from their audience or whoever they're talking to so again it's like right set up a facetime call mute that so you get the body language but we record all the audio via something like zencaster um so it's just it's every record initially you learn something from in terms of how to produce it and make it smoother experience effectively yeah a lot of Yes, you need to put a duvet over your head. Yes, you might be sweaty for 45 minutes, but it just sounds a lot better. Sure. Um, and those, those types of conversations, and equally with your guests, being tactile enough to kind of go, yeah, I know you're doing this as a favour or for a fee, but I really, really need you to kind of get your pillows or cushions and surround yourself by them because this room sounds terrible that you're in. <laughs> um, and those types of, yeah. There was a lot of being tactile with people, which was good. But it's, again, every skill you learn doing your staff evaluation almost neil (laughs) do you think that radio x's response to the lockdown was a success maybe what were the best things that have happened to radio x as a result of this lockdown period but also what might you do differently should things ramp up again and and it become even more difficult for for everyone to get out and about would there be anything you change i mean again it's, it's hard not to be slightly biased but i genuinely think we rose to the challenge we reflected what the audience were going through we gave them something different we were there for them we didn't try and just we obviously wanted to entertain but we wanted to be a voice we wanted to be company we wanted to be all those things that radio are but in such a weird unheard of in our lifetime scenario really amp it up and and make the audience know that we were we were with them it's from from a staffing point of view it was great from kind of my my position to see generally what the team are capable of you know presenters and producers that haven't necessarily worked together but again to minimize people coming into the building you're saying right can you do this show and this show so it was it's been really nice in a way to see new relationships develop within the team people building on their skill set um getting to experience different parts of the output in terms of listenership i think you know our hours the amount of time people are tuning in for was always we're always bowled over and love that when people come to radio x they stay for radio x that's like we find that as a massive compliment because it shows that we're doing something right as programmers that when people find us they want to stay with us and during lockdown again that only enhanced what we were getting back from the audience you know there were people who you would see them text during chris at seven o'clock in the morning and they'd still be there with you for George on evenings when he's cooking, when they're cooking, listening and cooking dinner or Adam after 10 o'clock when they're going to bed, you know, yeah. stuff like that. It was amazing. The loyalty 
that we would get and that showed that we were doing something right i don't i don't think if this happened again there are things that we would necessarily change it would obviously be looking at updating refreshing ideas and and seeing seeing what would work you know home shows we've kind of hit all of our core artists and big bands but it's kind of like okay well what else could we do with that could we do a run of acoustic shows or, or something like that or again because we've all been through it once do we reach out to artists and kind of say right would you be able to do this for us would you be able to do that for us what can we do for you you know have you got an idea that we can bring to life can we be your partner on this so i think if it if and sadly when it does happen probably we're we're in a good a good place to to kind of really build upon what we've already achieved but it's it's like the end of any day any week on air you know well you never finish really it's always what what's next what's the next bit that we can do what's the reflection of the audience the market the competitors how can we be the best that we can be basically one last question i ask this to everyone is is there one thing that you're enjoying listening to at the moment that you you might recommend to to our listeners so it might be a podcast or a, a radio program it might be radio x space it might be something completely different so uh, is there one thing you might recommend for, to people to, to have a listen to uh well in terms of radio x i you know i was biased because before lockdown slash being put into my current position of deputy managing editor you know toby from 10 to 1 i think he's great i think introducing this request hour at the first hour of his show is brilliant you know you get some real the listeners, you know, you get thrown some curveballs and you're like, I haven't heard this for ages, you know, this this should be on more often, you know, we should be playing this all the time. Equally, you know, we, uh, he's not been on the station long and then COVID happened, but Adam, who does 10pm to 1am, is a great, great listen, you know, just kind of, you, you fall asleep with a smile on your face, the way he, his take on news stories or topicality of the day, I think it's great because he's had the whole day to look at the cycle of news effectively or music news or stories and how he reflects it you know he's really good sometimes you can hear his big beard rustling on the microphone <laughs> um and then you know global's got some great great podcasts out there i was producing matt morgan's funny how which uh, matt was russell brand's co-host for years his writer best mates with noel gallagher a lot of those podcasts were just him and noel sitting at their kitchen tables in different parts of the country just getting smashed for three hours which i would then have to cut down to an hour and a half take out all the bits that were definitely not suitable and mm-hmm. would cause many a headline there's some great stuff from comedians like reese james who does early work or tom horton yeah i'm trying to think outside of that what else have i really enjoyed listening to there's a great podcast from Gimlet called Wind of Change, which mm-hmm. is a conspiracy podcast, which bear with me, but there's the famous Scorpion song, Winds of Change. I don't know if you know that. It's quite a big, you'd probably recognize the melody, but I'm not going to do it because I have no musical talent. But it's, it's very much, it's about how this 80s rock power ballad was actually written by the CIA to bring down the Berlin Wall. <laughs> it's amazing as it sounds and it's just a, a journalist who goes on this adventure trying to work out if this is a true conspiracy theory or not Neil Fern the Deputy Managing Editor of Radio X giving us loads of valuable insight into how Radio X has been coping with COVID-19 
When Neil said near the start that the health of the team was the primary concern and that the radio station came second, this is a theme which has been coming up again and again since March 2020. In such uncertain times, it seems almost everyone has been that little bit more understanding, that little bit more flexible, and Global are an example of that with their teams. Hearing Neil describe in some detail how Radio X has been tapping into the lives of their listeners, be it with board game giveaways, tailored social media, the breakfast co-host sharing tales of parenting on air, playing concerts in lieu of being able to record live studio sessions, it is easy to surmise that Radio X have been considering their audience. Neil described it as staying true to the radio station's values but being relatable to what people are going through, and I think this is ultimately something that all professional radio stations have been striving to achieve. The example of the post-traffic news bump announcement being changed whilst people were being asked to stay at home was an instance of a small piece of station sound production being altered to reflect the situation. Several Radio X hosts made radio at home instead of in the studio, and this happened widely across the UK radio sector. Technology advancements make this a lot easier than it was, say, five years ago. Global already had the technology in place ahead of the pandemic. No surprise for an organisation their size. This was one less thing for them to worry about. However, I learnt that, as a precaution, Radio X still had their presenting team all record a backup show that could be used in case the at-home hosts weren't able to connect to the studio from home. This attention to detail is part of what makes Global's response to the pandemic so impressive. We spoke a little more about some of the technology Global have been using in the last few months, and it would be worthwhile for aspiring radio makers to acquaint themselves with these platforms. Cleanfeed and Zencaster were both given honourable mentions, probably good things to put on your radio and audio CV in the current climate. A big thank you to Matt Deverson, Managing Editor of Radio X, for setting up the conversations with both Neil and Steve Ferdinando, who we spoke to a few episodes ago. Radio X is available digitally across the UK, and the social media channels are at Radio X. It's that time again, the time when I talk about something I've enjoyed listening to recently. The Heart is a series that is frequently brought up in podcast-based academic articles, and for a good reason. It is an audio art project about intimacy and humanity. Founded by Caitlin Prest in 2014, The Heart is from Mermaid Paris and Radiotopia, and is made by a team comprised of writers, radio makers and artists who make personal documentary work, focusing predominantly on bodies, love, power dynamics and intimacy. It is an example of a podcast made for headphones, rather than speakers. The content is sometimes very personal, and the production is often full of whispering, panning, and the noise of saliva and lip-smacking. There are dozens of episodes to sink your ears into. The 2017 mini-series about consent, titled No, being an example of a project that gained a lot of media and academic attention for Caitlin Prest. If you're studying podcasting and you haven't listened to The Heart, amend that now. It is available on all good podcast apps. 
If you would like to contact us here at Fantastic Noise, be it with audio you recommend, stories, suggestions for future podcasts, feedback, or something else, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at A Fantastic Noise. You can also email us on fantasticnoise at beds.ac.uk, and I'll be delighted to hear from you ahead of the next series of Fantastic Noise next year. Right, it's time for the Radio Word of the Week. Today it is PSA. That's a public service announcement, a PSA. A short, often community-facing message that radio stations air, often at no cost, in order to fulfil their obligations to the community or to serve the public interest. PSAs are also an effective way for non-profit organisations to raise awareness about the benefits that their organisations provide. Radio stations typically receive PSAs as audio files of 30 or maybe 60 seconds. An obvious example of a recent series of PSAs, played by the University of Bedfordshire's radio station Radiolab, are the coronavirus ones from Public Health England. Initially, the message was to stay home. It changed to stay alert. Most recently, it's been hands, face, space. Uh, That is a PSA. And PSA is our radio word of the week. That is it for this episode of Fantastic Noise and indeed this series. Thanks so much for joining us. Do subscribe, give a review and a rating and follow us on social media at A Fantastic Noise for future updates and previews. A big thanks again to our guest today, Neil Fern, Deputy Managing Editor of Radio X, part of Global at Leicester Square. Our artwork was produced by Stu Elvin, that's Stu with a double O. Our theme music is by Liam Ayton, remixed by Daniel Potter. This podcast was produced by me for the University of Bedfordshire's radio team, part of the School of Culture and Communications, and this one was recorded partly at home, partly at the studios of Radio Lab 97.1 FM. I'm Terry Lee. This, I hope you'll agree, has been a fantastic noise. <laughs>